0: Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrawfordville.com That's rolcroffordville.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God.
1: I just want to tell you, you're starting... All Father's Day the right way. This is the right way. I'd like for my grandson, Henry Lewis, to come to the stage, and I'd like for him to run while he's coming. Come on. Don't even slow down. Come on. Run. 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 Woo! I love you, guys. This is my favorite grandson right, right now. Right now. That changes... Uh, Ever so often. Henry, I've been thinking about this for a while now and I've decided I'm not gonna preach this morning. You've been to camp, you're full of Jesus. I'm gonna let you preach. Let's go. Believe, believe it or not, you are gonna preach just for a second. I want you to tell them what you told me. Uh you know, when we were in the golf cart. <laughs> the mule. Um Hi, my name's Henry. <laughs> Yay! This is my namesake right here. So what I told Papa is that um, I've been playing church for a long time. I've been going off of his faith, my mom's faith, my dad's faith, and everyone's his faith. But Sunday, mo- Monday, I got saved because I could feel in my heart. Then Wednesday night, uh, me and some of my friends who are over there in the youth were worshiping, and then I just felt something push me down to the ground, and, just, and then I just started bawling my eyes out. And then it happened again on Thursday and Friday. Amen. Amen. Thank
0: you. Good job, brother. Good job. I'm so sorry. Oh,
1: goodness. Don't go anywhere. Stay with me. Hey, hey, don't sit down. Stand up. Everybody stand up. Now, here's what I want you to do. If you went to youth camp and and God touched your heart and and you had a deep encounter with the Lord that you think is going to last for the rest of your life, I want you to run to this stage. And I mean run. If you can't run, don't come. If you can't run, don't come. Come on. Come on. If you can't. Come on. Come on. Come on. Amen. Dalton, I've seen people in the nursing home that can run faster than you, rat. Okay, praise the Lord. Isn't this a good-looking group? <clears throat> that is a testimony. Now, everybody run back to your seat. Let's go. You may be seated. I started to let them talk but better judgment took over (laughs) wow some good things are going on in this church and especially among our youth praise the Lord yeah yeah And thank you, Pastor Blackwell, and all those who work with these kids. And what a great, yeah. This morning, I want to talk to you about the big picture. And when I say big picture, I'm talking about the real big picture, I'm talking about the big picture of human history the big picture of what's going on in the world right now, and the big picture of what's always been happening, the past, present, it'll continue into the future until the end. Now, let me just sum it up in three basic statements before we get started. One, the world rebels against God and tries to change the course of human history. Two, God clarifies that he has written human history in advance. And nobody can change it. Three, there's a precious few who will take a stand, deny the ways of the world, and put their faith in God. Do I need to change to a handheld mic or something? Am I, are you all getting an echo in the house? Yeah, yeah. Pastor Coburn, you are now relegated to the sound booth. All right, here it goes. All right, is this any better? All right, let's go with it. A world rebels against God and tries to change the course of human history. God says, no, I've, I've written it in advance. This is where we're going. And a precious few decide. That they're going to stand up, stand alone if they have to, say no to a very persuasive world, and put their faith in God. Now, you can find that all over the Bible, but if you will do a very slow read through the twelve verses in Psalm the second chapter, you'll find everything I just said, and that is that that uh, the world has gone mad, God laughs. And, and basically, only a few people make their way into the kingdom. It, it's all there, Psalm the second chapter. And so what we'll do is we'll, we'll see what we can make of this very quickly. So, I hope you know that we're in Psalm the second chapter by now. I'll read verses 1 through 3. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together. Now listen to this, against the Lord and against his anointed. Let's just stop there. This is what the theologians call messianic. Messianic means it's a passage in the Old Testament that's pointing toward the coming of the Messiah. Messianic, Messiah. Messiah. So what it's saying is the people of the world are taking counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. This is Christ. This is Jesus. He's all over the Old Testament. And it's a fun read. Read all the way through the Old Testament. Mark every scripture that points to Jesus and you'll get excited. But they are coming together and taking counsel against the Lord and against his anointed. And this is what they're saying. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us one translation of the Bible says break their chains and throw off their shackles they're agreeing together the people of the world are agreeing together that they want nothing to do with God's plans and and they are in total rebellion against the idea of a Messiah that can make their lives better did you notice when I read that, it says nations, peoples, kings, and rulers. This is global. This is international. This is a whole world going mad. This is repeating itself generation after generation. And a world that cannot agree on anything else is agreeing on this. They don't want anything to do with God. Or his anointed one. Now, uh, l- let me just share with you. The message Bible puts it this way. Earth leaders push for position. Demagogues and delegates meet for summit talks. The God deniers, the Messiah defiers. Let's get free of God. Cast loose from Messiah. Now one of the things I want to say to you today, it is this time that the church kind of wake up a little bit and, and, and read your Bible and look at the world against the backdrop of God's word. Don't look so so confused. Don't look so shocked when the world embraces sin, when the world uh, promotes sin. Don't look so shocked. Uh, when the world celebrates sin. And don't look so shocked when the world swells up in pride over their sin. You see, the Bible was talking about this 3,000 years ago, and even before this. Don't do what I've done before. I've done this so many times, I'm ashamed of myself. Don't Don't do what I've done. Don't say, man, I just don't know what's going on in the world. You, what is this all about? How in the world has this happened? You know what we're doing when we make such a statement. We're confessing to the world that we have not read, or and we do not believe God's word. You got me? Don't don't do that, man. This is God's word. It, it tells us that that nations and peoples and kings and rulers. All coming together. They agree on this thing. We don't want God and we don't want the Messiah. It's happening all around us. So let's go to verse four. Psalm two, verse four through six. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep uh, displeasure. I love verse 6. Yet, yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. Do do you get, the Bible is talking about uh, nations and peoples and kings and rulers. And they're all coming together, plotting together, taking counsel together against God. And his anointed, the Messiah. And here's what God says. I just laugh. I just laugh. And you know why he laughs? He says, yet. See, they're doing all this, but yet. I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. Now, oh, friends, you know what this is telling us? It tells us that nations, kings, uh, rulers, and people are doing everything they can to stop this thing of Christianity. Right? They're they're trying to bring it to a halt. They're doing everything they can. The God deniers and the Messiah defiers are doing their best. And what God is saying is, yet, it'll make no difference. It'll make no difference. I've set my king on my holy hill. Here's a good news flash for you, friends. The world is on its way to a kingdom. And it's not man-made. And man can't stop it. they have tried many times. And I want you to understand this, friends, that there is some crazy, weird stuff. I do believe it accelerates through the centuries that where one generation ends, another generation picks it up. And the level of rebellion and wickedness and ungodliness just keeps getting intensified. We are living in a crazy, weird, unbelievable time, aren't we? And and it's human nature for us to fret a little bit and to be concerned. I'm I'm concerned about my grandchildren. I'm concerned about your grandchildren. I'm concerned that our kids and grandkids and great-grandkids are not going to grow up in an America like we did. And that bothers me. And I fret a little bit. And you and I should pray. And I'm not saying for a moment we can't have some effect on what's going on. I, I'm, I'm telling you that we should pray. We should ask God what we can do uh, to stand strong. We should ask God how we can make a difference. But I guess it's just human nature. We will fret. But I going to tell you, God does not fret. He laughs. He laughs. Now, I didn't write that. God wrote that, right? He laughs. Do you know why he laughs? It tells us in the text, he who sits in the heavens laughs. That's what he does. You know why he laughs? Because he sits in the heavens. Why does he laugh? Because the Lord... I mean, think, think about this. Think about God in heaven. It is is amazing. God, the supreme, almighty, all-powerful, all-amazing. God is looking at mankind that he created in full rebellion against him. And he already knows they can't stop what he's doing. So he just laughs. You, you understand that God is not somewhere up in the great throne room of heaven pacing back and forth and wringing his hands. Wondering how the world got in such a mess and what is he going to do to get it straightened out? No. That's not what's going on. You, you know what we would say in street language? We would say in street language, this is not God's first rodeo. He has dealt with the worst of tyrants, dictators, and evil men and women of the past. And they're all dead. And people are still getting saved. And lives are still being changed. And the church is still growing. And God still has his presence. Now, now remember, the Bible does tell us that straight is the way in, uh, and there is a gate that leads to heaven. And few there will be that enter therein. But all the church is still alive. I love I love that. Narration I used to do a long time ago, the last part especially. Listen, emperors have tried to destroy it, philosophies have tried to stamp it out, tyrants have tried to wash it from the face of the earth with the very blood of those who claimed it, yet still it stands. And there shall be that final day when every voice that has ever uttered a sound, every voice of Adam's race shall be raised in one great mighty chorus to proclaim the name of Jesus. Listen up. For in that day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, friends. Every rebel, every ungodly Person out there will one day bow. but it'll be too late. Let me tell you, I'm not sure we could change the world. I think we can make a difference, but history is moving down a written course to, a, to the kingdom of God. Maybe we should be more concerned about leading those people to Christ, because we fear where they're going. Oh my goodness. God laughs. We fret. He laughs. In 2019, there was this guy uh, named Michael Harrell. He lived in Cleveland, Ohio. And one day, Michael Harrell decided to do something that no normal person should ever even think about. He drove to a local bank, got out, walked through the door, went to the teller, slid a note across the counter that said, this is a robbery. Give me your cash. The teller did exactly what he said. She took all the cash. She handed it to him. He turned around and he walked out the door. Nothing could have been smoother. It was quiet. Nobody was threatened. Nobody was put in danger. He just walked out. And in my mind, I can't help but think when he walked out that door, he had this huge smile on his face. He was probably thinking, I had no idea it would be that easy. And for about 24 hours, he was on top of the world. Man. But about 24 hours later, the police showed up and put him in handcuffs and arrested him and took him to jail. How could they have found me so soon, he thought. Well, let me go back and fill some gaps into this story. He went to a bank where he'd been many times before and they knew his face. (laughs) He decided his disguise would be a ball cap. So he puts a ball cap and turns it around backward. Now, maybe wearing your ball cap backward makes you look cool, but it certainly does not disguise your face. I mean, in fact, it highlights your face. I I don't want to try to teach you how to be a bank robber, but but if you're going to do it, don't wear your ball cap backward. Bring the brim around here. Pull it down as far as you can. Wear some sunglasses and put a bandana on Sounds like I've been thinking about this a lot, doesn't it? But he didn't do that. And something else happened when he slid the note across the counter. The teller looked at it and it looked strangely familiar. The moment she saw it, what? Could it be? And then she realized what it was. It was a registration for his car from the Department of Motor Vehicles. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. This is unbelievable. And so what she does and tries not to be, you know, tries to conceal it from him, she just quietly turns it over. That's what she thought it was. Everybody had one in the state if you drove a car. And there was his name, there was his address, it was his personal information, to the point that when she handed him the money, she said, is that good, Michael? He said, yes. And he walked out the door. Listen, th- this, is, this is some crazy stuff right here. When... Uh, When USA Today wrote this article, this is how they ended it. If you're going to rob a bank, you might not want to leave behind all your personal details. (laughs) Now, now you know why we laugh at that? We laugh at that because it is hard to believe that a person could ever get to that level of ignorance. Isn't it? I mean, that's, that's lame. That's bad. That That is bad. But I want to tell you, friends, a greater ignorance than that is when people rebel against the creator who created them. And the Bible foretells it. The Bible tells us it has happened. It will continue to happen. It happened in the New Testament days and it's happening now. Now, I want to just back up a little bit and talk to you about that statement of of getting rid of the bonds and the cords and breaking the chains and throwing off the shackles, wanting nothing to do with God. So here's what I want to do. And I, I tell you, I, I do this with everybody in mind, but I especially do it with the the kids that were on this stage, the teenagers. I'm going to show you in just a moment a picture of what absolute unbridled freedom looks like. I, it, what it looks like. If, if you make up your mind that you want absolute, personal, unbridled freedom with no restraints, then... And I'm, I'm talking about all the way. I'm talking about freedom from, from the laws of man, freedom from the laws of God, uh, freedom from your teachers and your instructors, freedom uh, from... Law enforcement, freedom from the church, complete freedom. Complete freedom. I want to show you what it looks like. Here's the first picture. Really? That's it. That's what it looks like. These people wanted to be totally and 100% free. Let me show you another one. Second picture, Alabama Department of Corrections. This is women's prison. Now, I had a third picture, but I didn't didn't bring it today, and I'll tell you why. Because the third picture is 10,000 times worse than either one of those. See, that's just temporal. That's just losing your freedom here and now. But when you cast off all restraint, and and God has no say-so in your life, then friends, you're headed to a place 10,000 times worse than that and it's not temporary like those are. It's eternal. So I want to say something today. Please listen up. Yeah, just listen. Before you take that feel-good drug, Maybe you should think about those two pictures. And that feel-good drug will one day turn on you. Have you ever, have you ever seen a meth addict? Have you ever seen somebody hooked on meth? It's unbelievable. It, it is, it's sad. I've seen children look older than their parents. Because they want meth. So before you take that feel good drug, try to look all the way to the end of the equation. Before you drink that alcohol, just because everybody else is doing it. Come on, we're talking about being different now, we're talking about taking some things completely off the table before you drink that alcohol because all your friends are doing it, before you get in that car and drive 90 miles an hour and run the risk of killing somebody, before you let somebody talk you into something stupid, before you take a foolish dare, before you pull the trigger, you might want to ask yourself this question. Do I want to spend the rest of my life in a six by eight jail cell with somebody that scares me to death? Do I want to sleep in the same room with a hundred other women every night and lose all the privacy I've got? And do I want to spend an eternity separated from God? These are you say, Pastor, have you forgotten who you're talking to? Have you forgotten that this is the church? That these are these are church going kids at her own stage? No, I haven't forgotten. And there's something else I can't forget. Years ago, as a young pastor, I walked into the Waukala County jail and I sat down right across the table from a young man that had three people. Now, they weren't from this county, but they were in this county. Three people, he made them get down on their knees. And he took a gun and killed all three of them execution style. And I looked at him, I said, how in the world did you get here? And you know what he said to me? I don't know. I don't know how I got here. He said, I was raised in church. I believed. I went to camp. I trusted Jesus. Jesus. Listen, I'm not making this up. But through drugs and through alcohol and through associating with the wrong people, step by step, I walked away from something that was dear to me. And friends, you understand, when you take off the shackles of God, you just put on the shackles of the enemy. Oh, friends... I want to tell you, young people, listen to me. We applauded today because we are thrilled and we love what happened in that camp and we love what happened on this stage. But you going to camp and you sitting in this church does not take you out of harm's way. It does not take you out of harm's way. Not even close. The only thing that takes you out of harm's way is when you personally... Did you hear Henry's testimony? Did you hear that? Not, not your mom and dad's faith, not your preachers, not your grandparents, but when it becomes your faith and you walk with God. That's the only thing that'll take you out of harm's way. So I got an idea for all the young people. It's Father's Day, so I want to talk to children. So what I'd like for you to do is if you've heard this message loud and clear, then what I want you to do Is I want you to go home today, even if your parents are in this service, at least they'll know you're listening. I want you to go home and say, Dad, I want you to sit down. I need to talk to you. Or Mom, I need to sit down and talk to you. Or Mom and Dad, I need to sit down and talk to you. And then I want you to say this to them. I want you to say, you know, man, I've not been taking this thing seriously. And I really haven't been listening. Would you go over the rules for the house one more time? Because I've decided I want to follow the rules of the house. Because Pastor Henry has convinced me that the only way to really be free is to obey the rules. Now the first thing that's gonna happen is your parents are gonna pass out. (laughs) But don't call nine one one. They'll come too. And then and say, Hey, go over it with me. I want to make you proud. I I I want you to be pleased. I want to follow the rules of the house. I don't want to be a rule breaker anymore. I want to be obedient. And then when you finish with them, go find you a place and get in the closet or private place and get on your knees and say, Lord, I went to camp and I've been reading your Bible and, and I've been praying, but I really haven't taken seriously this thing about obeying the rules and walking in the center of your will. God, could we just... Could we have a fresh start? And and could I? Would you help me to start listening? Now, I know what you're thinking. Nobody here is going to do that today. Not one of those young people will do that today. And you're probably right. And that's the reason I say a precious few will take a stand. A precious few. We'll take a stand, stand for what God's word says, and do the right thing. If somebody, parents, you call me. If, if, if one teenager in this church does this, parents, I want you to call me. And then I'm going to pass out. But, but you see, it's not a matter of knowing what to do or knowing how... Uh, you think I'm making this stuff up. The Bible says, Honor your mother and father that your days may be long on the earth. You can't rewrite it and you can't modernize it. Let me tell you, if you won't obey your parents right now, you won't obey God later. A precious few. But boy, when those precious few get it right, It's pretty amazing. i got to hurry up. All right. Let's get to our last scripture. If I can find it. Um, uh, This is still in the second chapter, verses 10 through 12. See, the world's rebelling. God's laughing. And this is instruction for us. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. This is talking about leaders, but it's also talking about you and me. Three things to do. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son lest He be angry and you perish in the way when His wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in Him. Now, so, a world's gone mad. God's laughing. It's absolutely, utterly ridiculous. It's beyond comprehension. But for those of you, for that precious few that will listen, This is what the Bible says do. If you don't hear anything else I've said in this message, you should hear this. Serve the Lord with fear. Oh, I don't like that. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and a power of sound mind. I don't get it. Serve the Lord with fear. Let me me just explain this to you. This will help you. Come to grips with what God's word says and come to grips with the alternative Of not doing what God says. Serve the Lord with this holy fear. That to go in any other direction would be disastrous. You got me? Serve the Lord with so much fear. That it would scare you to death. To depart from God's standards for your life. Uh. A few years back, I was talking to a man that did something for the glory of God. And this is what he said to me. This is what he said to me. He said, I'm afraid to stop doing what I'm doing. You, are you here? I'm afraid to stop doing what I'm doing because God's blessing what I'm doing because it's in the center of His will. And I'm afraid to stop. I'm afraid of what might happen if I stop doing what God led me to do. That's a good fear. Serve the Lord with fear. I, I mean really and truly have this holy fear of going in any other direction except the direction you have to go in. All right, next one. Gets better. Rejoice with trembling. Now, you have to think on these things. Rejoice with trembling. Trembling and rejoicing at the same time. I even asked the Lord to, okay, how do I convey this? Show Show me what this means. And the Lord took me back to something about 40 years ago. About 40 years ago, I was uh, living in Sopchopi, preaching in Sopchopi. I'm a Sopchopi boy. I grew up in Sopchopi. And I got an invitation to go to the governor's office in the state of Florida. Personally, for me to go sit down in his office with him. And man, man, I put a full suit on. You would have been so proud of me. I mean, I got dressed up. I drove to Tallahassee, and, and one of the things that went through my mind is what in the world is a redneck country boy from Sop Choppie doing going to the governor's office? Just, just the two of us in that office, man. Whew. I'm going to be cool. I'm not going to say anything that would embarrass me. I'm not going to get nervous. I'm a, I'm a, I mean, he's just a man. That's all he is, just like anybody else. So, when I got there, they show me into the governor's office and I'm seated. He's not in there. I sat there and waited for maybe five minutes, and that made me nervous. But I'm cool, I'm good with this. And he walks in, and when he does, I stand up, I put my hand out, and uh, I went to shake his hand. This is embarrassing. (laughs) My hand's shaking what in the world's going on here? I quickly sat down and put my hands down between my legs so he wouldn't see how nervous I was. I, I, don't, I don't really know, I don't know how to explain this. I had preached in a stadium in Georgia that was filled with thousands of people and I stood on that stage as the main speaker and I preached God's word. And I was nervous, but not like I was that day. Oh, goodness. We talked for a while and then we prayed together. And I prayed for him, and man, I was trembling. But I was excited. And then we got up, and he led me to his cabinet meeting, where the governor's cabinet was there, and a a lot of the main leaders in the state of Florida. And he said, now I want Pastor Jones to stand up and pray over this cabinet meeting. And I stood up, and I prayed, and I was still nervous. But there was a nervous excitement about me. And to this day, it's one of the most memorable days of my life. I was still shaking when I got in the car. And and, and I was driving home. And I thought, wow. Wow. When the Lord took me back to that, he said, that's exactly what I want with my people. I want them to know who I am. And I want them to draw so close to me that they tremble in my presence. And I want them to know a joy like they've never known before. A rejoicing that takes them to a new level. Serve the Lord with fear. Serve the Lord with this great fear that to go in any other direction would be absolutely disastrous. And then rejoice with trembling. And I got news for you. I believe personally, I know it's been true in my life, that every time I take a giant step toward the Lord, every time, I tremble. I get nervous. And those times that the Spirit of the Lord comes over you, it's amazing, but it is the most exciting thing that will ever happen to you in your life. All right, one more and I'll close. Kiss the sun. Now, the three things that we are told at the conclusion of a world gone mad and a God who laughs is this. Serve the Lord with fear, rejoice with trembling, and kiss the sun. Now, let me tell you, the people... The only people on planet earth that really don't understand this is just about Americans. Because you see, it began a long, long time ago, but one of the signs of submission and loyalty and love is to bow. We would never do this. It's just not our culture. And I'm not even saying we have to do this. But to kind of bow and take the hand of a potentate, a king, uh, a prime minister or even a a spiritual leader, and kiss the hand. It was a sign of surrender and submission. Now, not trying to get anybody to kiss my hand. (laughs) I'm trying to get you to understand what's going on here. In, In fact, we have a biblical precedent for this. The great prophet Samuel was told by God to go anoint Saul, the young man Saul, and make him king. And that's exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. He went to Saul. He poured a flask of oil over his head. And then this is what he did. Samuel bowed and kissed him and said, Has not God made you the ruler of his inheritance? He anointed him. He bowed and kissed him. And he proclaimed him the king. See the whole world. In some countries, they actually still do this kind of stuff today. Kiss the sun. Um, serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun. Now, all right. Listen up. It's very important. There's one thing I've left out. It says, "Kiss the sun, lest he be angry with you, and you perish in the way." Please don't think less of me when I tell you this. But back in the 70s, there was a TV program that came out and it was a weekly series and I fell in love with it and my son was just a little boy and we would watch it together and we loved it. And this probably tells you how simple and childish I am, but we used to, and it was The Incredible Hulk. Do you remember? How many, hold your hand if you remember The Incredible Hulk. All right, put your hands down. Now, just so I'll feel better, How many of you actually liked it? Hold your hand up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was a great superhero. Uh, What was his name? Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner was a scientist. He was a good guy. He just had a little problem. And that is when somebody made him mad or made him angry, uh, he was clearing house. And I would watch it every episode because there was one statement that I loved better than any other statement. I watched it for this. He would say to somebody, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I get angry. Now, friends, there's not many people to tell you what I'm about to tell you. But Jesus Christ left heaven. He came into this world. He came in this world to save you, to forgive you of all manner of sin, to invite you into his family and to bring you into the inner circle and for you to reign with him for all of eternity. But I'm going to tell you something you won't hear on television today. You won't hear any preacher saying this. I've never heard this before of all the preachings I've ever listened to. Jesus is, a, is God. He's a mighty Savior. He's a wonderful Redeemer. But I'm going to tell you, you wouldn't like Him when He gets angry. You say, Pastor, you can't say that about Jesus. Oh, I know, but the Bible can. Kiss the Son lest He be angry and you perish in the way. He came as the Lamb of God and we still have an opportunity to embrace Him as the Lamb of God. But one day He's coming as the Lion of the tribe of Judah with a rod of iron to destroy those who have rebelled against Him. Big picture. The world's doing what the world's always done. It's going to keep doing it. You got me? We worry, God laughs, but a precious few will say yes yes Lord your way not my way would you bow with me in prayer Father in Jesus name I, I thank you for this day I thank you for letting me preach your word I thank you for helping us see the big picture I pray Lord that every person under the sound of my voice will take a step in the right direction to serve you with fear to rejoice with trembling, to in humble, in humble adoration, to kiss the Son, to kiss you, to recognize that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, I pray that you will speak to hearts. Decisions will be made for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, Or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrofferville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 10:30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at ROLCrofferville.com for more information and direction.